Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Swing Away Podcast. If you haven't seen it yet, go see the movie Signs. That was the inspiration for the name, as well as talking about MHSAA softball. But Jenna Rose here, joined by Donnie Dreyer of Total Sports and Brian Chittister from College Bound Jocks. Always love seeing you too. Donnie, you always look super tan, but <laughs> Brian's back and has got a little color from going to California. That's it. Yeah, I had a good time last weekend shooting some videos out in California. Some people get all the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> right, especially with it snowing here in Michigan. I'm aye, extremely aye, aye. jealous. April 20th, you'd never think, but... Anyways, so on today's episode, we're going to do a brief recap on what it takes to be in the rankings for the top 10 list, as well as just go over who's in the top 10 list since we have some stats coming in this season, as well as who's on the watch list. So before we get into that, State Champs Michigan's Swing Away podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports, including softball at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Swing away is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. Great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. Support the kids and give back and get paid. Help wanted, just whistle. Go to MHSAA.com officials. The pros at the Detroit Medical Center's Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine Pros. Check out our Game Changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on our website, statechampsnetwork.com or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for immediate access to care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. And the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the year awards the state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on monday june 14th at the incredible dac in downtown detroit you know donnie heading into the podcast room today you said you just wanted to go over a quick explanation of how we evaluate the players for the rating system for the yeah. top 10 yeah sure just so everybody understands you know initially when we when we look at a top 10 list because we we don't have stats from uh, the previous year, we're looking at the high-profile kids. I mean, that's where we start with. So a lot of kids on the top 10 and even a lot of kids on the watch list are very high-profile kids. What begins to come in is the performance part, and that's where we're just now starting to see some big numbers. And uh, Brian and I are going to go through some of the numbers that are coming in. So there's going to be kids that get uh, some huge stats early on, and those are kids that will move from the watch list to the top 10. I feel as we get closer to the end and we, we get down to our final four, it's going to be not only the kids that have great stats, but it's going to be the kids that uh, did those stats uh, in big high-profile games, whether it was top-level competition or games like uh, districts, regionals, quarterfinals, things, uh, things like that. So how do we evaluate them? We have a selection committee. 30% uh, is on performance. Those are a lot of the numbers that we're going to talk about today. 20% uh, is level of competition. So are you cranking out those big numbers against uh, high-level competition? Online voting is 20%, and the online voting is important because if you're the top vote-getter, you're guaranteed that you're going to be into the Final Four, and we like to see the, the communities and the schools get behind the kids. 15% is big game performance. So if you got a high-profile game, let's say that your team and another team is uh, ranked very highly in the state rankings, how you do in that game is going to be very important. Team success is 10%, and then lastly, highly recruited is, is 5%. But right now, we're looking at that biggest percentage, 30%. And that's the performance and the numbers that we're just starting to see uh, start to come out. 
Donnie, love everything that you had to say there when it comes into the process for how it goes into the rankings. And we're excited to have you on board, Brian, for this process because you get to see a lot of these players compete with what you're doing in your CBJ. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm excited to give some uh, perspective on some of these athletes, and I'm um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I just, what I love about this is, you know, we got a lot of high-profile kids, but it's what you do in your high school season. You know, a couple years ago, uh, Sammy Garros, who committed to Grand Valley, was not necessarily what we'd call a high-profile kid, not a kid that was being recruited by the Power Fives. But when it came to performance, she won. And uh, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the performance, and we love seeing kids come out of nowhere and go from nowhere to on our watch list to get to the top ten. That's, that's kind of cool stuff. Right, and with the season underway, we do have some stats coming in as you guys break down. Who's in the top 10 this week? Well, the kids that are in the top 10, let's talk about some of the stats that we got in. A small sampling is Rachel Everett, who's a pitcher, left-handed pitcher from Heartland, committed to South Alabama. So far, her record's 2-0. She's got 20 strikeouts and 13 innings, and her ERA is 0.0. And she's been a great one-two combination with Kylie Zwerkos uh, also pitching at uh, Heartland. So that's one that, uh, Brian, I don't know if you've seen Rachel very much, but uh, just I, yeah. love the fact that she's uh, she's a power pitcher, but she also changed speeds well. Yeah, she's uh, she's a fantastic player. Lefty, which is also makes it a little more difficult. A lot of a lot of batters don't normally see lefty pitchers, so she she throws hard. She's a big girl, um, you know, knocking on the door to six feet tall, and uh, you know she throws probably you know low mid sixties somewhere probably I would say sixty two sixty three right now, and uh, coming from the left side that's that's a little difficult for a lot of high school hitters to hit. Yeah. Uh, another one that's in our top 10 that we're just starting to get some numbers in is, is Kaylee Hevelin. And, and Kaylee, I hope I'm not messing up that last name. Uh, I should be able to pronounce it by now. Uh, hitting almost 600, and she's got a decent sampling. She's got 24 at-bats uh, from what we see in our record. So uh, a power hitter committed to Alabama. We'll continue to watch uh, Three Rivers. I think I'm going to get a chance to see her live um, this weekend. Um, and then on our list uh, is Kelsey Zampa. Now, Kelsey's only got uh, 12 at bat. She's hitting 500, but she's in uh, uh, COVID protocol. So she's out for a few games. So, um, But just another kid that when she gets back, she's just uh, – I, I love the kid, Brian. She yeah. – uh, she plays with her hair on fire both offensively yeah. and defensively. I was going to say, you know, Kelsey's one of my favorite all-time players. I mean, this kid just gives 110% every second she's on the field. Uh, um, we actually use a lot of her video clips and some of, some of our company highlight reels because she literally climbs the fence to catch fly <laughs> balls, and, and uh, she's got a big bat, too. I mean, she's got great exit velocity, and she's a home run hitter. So uh, that's why uh, Duke said yes to uh, Kelsey Zampa. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then for from, uh, from Mercy, a senior, Maggie Murphy. Again, fairly small sampling. Maggie's hitting 600. Uh, we're going to talk about Grace Nito uh, in a little bit from our watch list because Grace is really killing it uh, from Mercy. But uh, Maggie's off to a, a good start, and she's also way up the, the list on the online voting. I think Megan Nectarline is, is leading from Dakota. And then her and Kelsey Nader, I think, are two and three, Maggie and, and, uh, and Kelsey. Um, you know, rounding out uh, some of our top tens, we don't have a lot of numbers in yet on kids like uh, Kelsey Nader. And unfortunately, Canton is in a, is in a, a two-week pause. Um, but Megan Nectarline, Ellie Sealer, and Lily Valamont, which both Sealer and Valamont I highlighted on this week's show and, and just talked about uh, the qualities and why those kids are in the top ten and why we think they're going to be a factor um, in this tournament. But that's just some of the numbers that we're just starting to see uh, in the top ten. 
You know, I'd like to just uh, throw in a couple things about sure. Ellie. I mean, I we uh, we worked with Ellie in her freshman year, and I remember uh, calling and talking to Michigan about her and just saying, this kid is definitely the best outfielder I have seen. I mean, uh, I, got a, I got a call from uh, Turning 2 that said, you know, you really need to get a look at this kid, and we got her out there, and it was she's just phenomenal. She is fast. She's extremely fast, and then the, I watched her play several games, and uh, you know, I told Michigan, I said, the kid, this kid on the bases, she takes bases. I mean, it's almost like she was daring the catcher. You will not throw me out. I mean, I just loved her demeanor on the field, whether she was, um, you know, batting or whether she was on defense. She just owned everything and was just so confident out there. And, and uh, yeah, she's going to have a great career at Michigan. Yeah, just absolutely love her. And when we, we highlighted her on the show, that's what we talked about defensively. I just couldn't get enough of watching her footwork. Um, thanks to College Bound Jack's video, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, you, you did a great job because I, I got a lot to see. And I just, I, I've seen her in games before, but to be able to see multiple balls go up and see her footwork is just very impressive. And then when we're talking about Lily Valamont, which I know you know Lily very well, mm -hmm. uh, if I was. Um, if I was able to pick a, a team out of the best players of the state of Michigan outside of pitching, Lily Valamont would clearly be the first kid I would pick, and that probably goes for the whole Midwest. Um, I, you know, she's for people that don't know Lily, she's definitely considered one of the top ten players in the country in the 2022 class, and a kid that. I'm sure USA Softball is looking at as a potential for for junior national Absolutely. team down the road. Absolutely, she's, she's so strong. Her work ethic is amazing. This kid is just working out constantly, working on her game, working on her physical fitness, and uh, yeah, she's been on two national championship teams, on two separate teams to win uh, 16 new national championships. Uh, so that's really unusual to to be on yeah, two. It's unusual. Certainly, you give credit to the team she's on, but what I can say about that those uh, those journeys that she's had when she's been in those big games she's performed against yeah. the best players in the country yeah. and um so her, her future is her future is really bright really bright she's a big time kid yeah and you know we talk about work ethic everyone says they got a great work ethic lily's is at a different level her work ethic and focus is a completely different level the, the most kids. She's got a chitty work ethic. She does. She does. <laughs> and you know, there's a I, you know you're going to bring up chitty. So I, I was talking on the show. I mean, I go to tournaments, and Lily's team is done playing, and it's two three hours later. She's out there still in her dirty uniform watching other games, and that's what I remember about Chitty. Chitty, you know, she go back to the hotel. She had to go in a parking lot and keep playing. She just has that natural love. Nothing against you, Brian, but I don't think you teach that. I think it, I think, <laughs> no. I think it yeah. comes from inside, and, and Lily's got that same quality that uh, that Chitty does, and it seems like it's working for Chitty, so it's probably going to work for Lily. I, I, I've read that uh, they say Olympians are born. They're not made. And it's like, <laughs> I, I believe that's true. It's, it's, it's got, you you got to have something really different about your makeup to to get to that level yeah oh, yeah you've got that firsthand experience but um donnie this did just kind of raise a couple questions that i wanted to ask you about when you're going through the top 10 you already touched on that there were a few players and teams that were dealing with uh covid issues is that going to be a theme that could potentially impact the top 10 list moving forward as the bigger game games come through yeah it, it could unfortunately you know it's not a it's not a level playing field for a lot of reasons uh, some kids may not be on a great team, so they're you know they're not going to get to play in the high-profile games, or their team may not have success, and that's going to affect them. And, and COVID is just one of those factors. I mean, if you're out, 
you know, a third of the season, that's going to affect your numbers. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing about the Total Softball Player of the Year is we, we want to give these kids exposure. And that's just one other factor that we have to, the uh, committee's got to take in consideration when we're looking at the top 10 and eventually the final four and the winner. Um, it could come into play. I hope it doesn't. Um, we're still early on, but, but it could. Mm-hmm. And then um, finally, we do have a couple of pitchers thrown into the mix. So when you talk about those high-profile games and considering stats and as well, where comes like the difference if it's between a pitcher and a position player? Well, there's no doubt that a, that a pitcher potentially has more advantage because, I mean, they're up front and center. They, they can really control a game. And to take it one step further, um, there's a lot of pitchers on our list, both on the top 10 and the watch list, that are multi-threat. So not only are they great pitchers, but they're great hitters. So there's no doubt that they they have an advantage because they, they bring so much more. It's kind of like a quarterback in football. A lot of times, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl, the MVP is the is the quarterback. So they do have an advantage, but they still got to get on the field and they got to they got to make it happen. And we've had, if you, if you go back over the six years, we've had position players like Alex Subcheck, um, Abby Krizwicki, um, be uh, position players that have that have won it. And then we've had the pitchers, uh, you know, like Bobian and Garrels that uh, win it from pitching side. So um, it's it's it gives you a little bit of advantage, but it, it doesn't guarantee you still got to perform. Right, we have uh, plenty of the season ahead of us <laughs> still <laughs> as we move forward. But speaking of that, let's get to the watch list and who you've been seeing this week. Yeah, there's just uh, we're starting again to see these numbers jump out. Uh, Britt Bashir is from Water Lake Central, hitting 500. Uh, she's eight for 16. She's a power power hitter going to uh, to Michigan State. One of the kids that has jumped off the, I shouldn't say jumped off the chart, we, we know about her, but her numbers have started out great, is Alyssa Holo. She's a senior, South Lion East, uh, committed to Central Michigan University. She's hitting 800 so far. She's got four home runs, and this is just uh, four home runs through three games. So she's a great hitter. Brian, I know you know Alyssa very well. Yeah, yeah, no, I, Alyssa's always been a great player, phenomenal on defense. She's mostly a corner infielder. But uh, power hitter all the way, uh, you know. I really think that you know she was a she's shorter on the scale of height. She's probably like five three or something like that, five four. If she were a five nine kid, she'd be at a power five school. I mean, she's just that kind of athlete, just a phenomenal. She also got a great work ethic, just really puts in a lot of time and effort in her game, and uh, now it's obviously paying off. Yeah, uh, we talked about Maggie Murphy from Mercy. Well, Grace Nito, uh, a a junior from uh, Mercy, committed to Northwestern. She's already hitting 786, and uh, it's 11 for 14, so a fairly small sampling, but she's off to a great start. But she's a kid that's, that was on our watch list before the numbers started uh, to come out. She's a great fielder, um, obviously a, a great hitter, and she's a kid that, if she continues to put up those numbers, I see could very easily, along with Holo, um, and not too long if they continue at the pace they're going, that they would be a couple kids that could break into the into the top ten. Old Northwestern's really uh, picking the pocket of these Michigan <laughs> colleges too. Boy, they've been uh, shopping in Michigan for the last year or two here, taking a lot of the best players out of the state of Michigan. Yeah, they both Kate and Carol have told me that they love recruiting Midwest kids because of their work ethic and their commitment. And um, she just said they're gritty. Both Kate and Carol, they have people that don't know they're. Um, they're co-head coaches and um, at, at Northwestern, and they just they're they still recruit all over the country, but they're really looking at the Midwest, and um, 
a lot of kids in the Michigan area yeah. are getting a chance to go there, and it's not a bad education either. Oh, yeah, right. So it's uh, just recently, though, let's say in the last couple of years is when they've really started to be uh, shopping in Michigan and taking a lot of these really good players. Yeah, there was six or seven years prior to that that uh, it was hard for us to get them. To even look at our kids. Even yeah. even look at the kids. Yeah. and uh, But now they've, they've changed their tune, and... Um, and uh, we're benefit benefit in front, yeah. and it's it's making Michigan and some of the other big schools work I'll, for these kids. I'll tell you a quick side note to that too: is like what you just said about the Midwest. I hear from college coaches all the time that are on the East Coast that they really prefer these Midwest kids because a lot of the girls on the East Coast tend to play lacrosse and soccer. Softball's not as big on that side of of the country as as it is here in the Midwest. So, and they know the kids in the Midwest don't mind playing in the cold weather; they're used to it. Where a lot of kids out of the west coast you know they they just don't like the cold weather uh, so a lot of a lot of good opportunities uh, for kids to be re- recruited by schools on the east coast so a couple of the kids here on the watch list are actually going to east coast schools we'll talk about that in a minute yeah and the other thing about midwest kids that college coaches have told me is that a lot of them so some of the schools that are in areas that play a lot more texas california sometimes those kids they by the time they get to college there, there, there's nothing left in the tank. Yeah, they have out. played so much. And uh, a lot of the college coaches buy into the, the concept that Midwest kids are just hitting their stride when they go into college because they're not burnout. They're still hungry. Now, again, that's, um, that's a generalization. Mm-hmm. But, but coaches are looking at that. that to, and I see that. I see with kids that go to school here. I see them get into college and continue uh, to get better. So the, the Midwest... Um, you know, over the last 10 years, a lot of the big colleges are, are shopping our market. Yeah, I mean, look at here with uh, Kaylee going to Alabama. I don't believe, I, I'm positive, Alabama's never recruited a kid out of the state of Michigan, so that's huge. Well, Pat Murphy specifically told me, why would I recruit a kid in Michigan when I know anyone that's good enough in Michigan is going to go to Michigan? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, he worked through that, and now he's, he's broken through, and I'm sure he's going to continue to, uh, to shop our market. So then I didn't even know that when it came to the Midwest, like having those generalizations. Are there any negative ones with the Midwest or no, it's just all very good? I I think the only maybe negative is that uh, maybe these kids haven't um, seen the level of competition. You know, we we talked in in, in the recruiting show that we, the podcast last week, about one of the advantages of of playing on a high profile program is that you're going to see that level of of competition so you know that's that's one of the challenges like in it, the fall is a big recruiting season and the recruiting season in a normal year it doesn't start till mid october so the majority of the tournaments in the fall which are the six weekends prior to thanksgiving we have to go down south to see that competition and so not everybody either uh, is willing to do that or you know financially can afford to do that so that that may be uh, a negative and there's something to be said uh, you know certainly you can get burnt out when you're playing 120 games a year where maybe in the midwest uh, you're playing 70 um, so you know the more games you play that just the more comfortable you get and you you grow your softball iq just from being on the just from being on the field all right let's look a little bit more at the uh, at, at the at the watch list here we just have some new numbers in on uh, Maddie Ramey, another kid committed to Michigan. Uh, she's hitting she's hitting a little over 400. Um, Brian, I know you know Maddie too. She's just a, a real smooth uh, athlete, um, very very athletic. I, I mean, I, I watched her 
and she was just running the bases before I even seen her field a ball or seen her swing a bat, and I go, oh, my God, what a, what a great athlete. That's what that stood out to me, and I, I don't yeah. know how well you know yeah, Maddie. Yeah, but I know pretty well. And they, the Allen the Park's whole team, Allen Park's <laughs> going to be a threat this year. They've got, some, they've got a lot of good hitters, and uh, they've got some pitching going on there. So, yeah, Maddie's going to help that team go quite a ways this year, I think. Yeah. So let's talk about one of the hottest kids in the state of Michigan right now, and that's Avery Wolverton from Howell, who's a senior pitcher, first baseman. And, Jenna, this is one of those kids that, you know, you talk about an advantage of being able to pitch and hit. She does both of them exceptionally well. And, uh, you know, Avery was not recruited by Power 5 schools, but as I mentioned earlier, neither was Sammy Garrels. And she's right now coming out of the gate um, 9-0 and pitching, She's got a .16 ERA, which means she's given up one earned run. She's hitting .464, got five home runs, and she has struck out, get this number here, 106 batters in 44 innings. So you do the, you do the math there. That's, uh, that's an incredible number. So Avery is somebody, I, I, you're going to see her name in the top ten when we make our first adjustments. Um, off to a fabulous start, and and someone that's been doing it well for for some time, Brian. Yeah. I know you know her very well, right? Yep, yep. We've been helping her since probably freshman year, and uh, she, Furman got a deal on her. That's all I can say. Is this <laughs> kid has just continued to get better and better and better every year. She is so strong at the plate. I know she hits her exit velocity is in the 80s. She's in the 83 mile an hour exit velocity. I mean that's elite hitting. Uh, when you're when you're crossing that threshold of 80 miles an hour, it, you are an elite hitter, and uh, and obviously her pitching has just continued to get better and better and better, and uh, yeah, look out next year when she gets to Furman because I think she's going to do some damage in that conference. And and anyone that knows Avery, just 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 not a nicer kid, just unassuming, just a great kid. She, you know, we always say you know love the game and the game you love right back. Well, you know she loves the game, Avery, and and the game's loving her right back right now. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. She's dominant on a on a very dominant team. So yeah, you'll be hearing more from us on this uh, on the show. Uh, another kid that that uh, stood out to me a little bit that's on our watch list is Danielle Keeley from Anchor Bay, and we were tracking some other kids on Anchor Bay. But you know, as I go back and I look at the stats and I look at the box scores, she's put up some pretty good numbers. She's hitting over five hundred, and she's already faced some pretty good competition. So she's a kid that we're gonna we're gonna continue to track a little bit. Um, and another kid, uh, again, a kid, Brian, I know that, uh, yeah. that, that you know that I want to chime in on, is Ava Bradshaw. So yeah. this is the freshman pitcher that yeah. throws mid-60s, if I'm, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, um, again, a small sampling, um, but 24 strikeouts, 11 innings. She hits third in the lineup for South Lion, who has a very good lineup. She's clearly their best player. And this is a freshman, and you're going to hear a lot about Ava Bradshaw this year and future years to come. She's going to be a lot of people's best player. <laughs> I mean, I I literally fell over when we were working with this kid. She is just phenomenal. She's you just you just do not see kids like this. I mean, her pitching. Uh, she consistently was hitting 66 miles an hour. When we started working with her, she was hitting 64, 64, and she goes, what am I throwing? I go, 64. And she goes, no way, I'm going to do 66. And, and boom, next thing you know, next pitch, she's throwing 66. And it's like, that's just unheard of. I mean, you look in college pitching, all the big-time Division One schools, nobody's throwing 66. I mean, it's just that's really rare. And this kid's a freshman in high school. And then when it came to the plate, boom, the kid just hits bomb after bomb. I mean, she is just a phenomenal athlete. And 
I'm just so excited to watch her and and uh, be part of watching that kid's future because she's a she's the real deal. Yeah, the the one pitch that that she needs to work on it's kind of hard for her to work on is she's is the changeup. Yeah. You know, and when I say it's hard to work on, when you're blowing kids away with your velocity, why throw a changeup? But in the level of play that she's going to be playing, whether it's in her club ball or at the next level in college, uh, the changeup is something that's still still got to get better. But she but she's young, and with her work ethic, I don't see it a problem. She throws a curveball that looks like a wiffle ball. I mean, it just it breaks so far. It was like she's 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 got it all. That kid's she's fantastic. Yeah, uh, another one on our watch list that's that's taken off real quick is Delaney Roberson, who's a senior from Heartland, committed to Kent State, hitting almost 600. And again, you know, a fairly decent sampling for this early in the year with uh, over 20 uh, at-bats. So she's a kid that initially is putting up numbers, and she's going to kind of press that top 10 list if she continues to... Yeah. Uh, t- to put up the numbers she's putting up. Yeah, Delaney was in my initial, uh, you know, uh, first list of players that I said would be uh, ones to be watching for this year. I mean, she's another one with just a great work ethic, a lot of talent, quick hands, quick feet. Uh, you know, Kent State's going to really enjoy her next year too. So definitely uh, one to watch in the next next coming weeks. Yeah, um, two more kids that I w- that I would like to talk about. And then Brian, if you've got any more that. Uh, um, that you want to discuss, but one of them is Lauren Saborski. Lauren, you know, committed as a freshman to Northwestern back when you could commit, um, you know, prior to your junior year, and she went through some injuries her sophomore year. Of course, it was not a junior year, and I'm really interested to see what she did. A high-profile kid that uh, you know that's played at the at the national level. Um, from South Lion East going to Northwestern. You know, early on, her and Holo, Alyssa Holo, have been a one-two punch for South Lion East. Lauren's hitting 571. Um, not a whole lot of it batch yet, but I'm really interested to see if, if, you know, now that she's healthy, what kind of year that she's going to, um, to put out. And then another one, uh, I'm sure I'm going to mess up the name, but Regan Bennett from Novi is just a, a big-time pitcher, pitcher first base. So she's not only, again, a pitcher that can hit it, but she can also um, pitch pretty well. Listen, these numbers, 73 strikeouts in 30 innings. Her ERA is 0.0. She's hitting 586 with four home runs. That's out of Novi High School. She is a sophomore and uh, someone that we're going to obviously continue to, to track because she just recently come on our radar. Yeah, I'll tell you, when the snow melts, I'm going to definitely go out to see this kid play because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know her either, but I can't wait to watch her because her numbers are big and she's playing for a big-time school, so that's really good. I'd like yeah. to talk about, uh, we, we had a kid where we were talking a lot about the Metro Detroit area kind of kids, uh, but this Kendra Vanderloot from uh, Otsego. She is a big time player. Uh, should be making her way up the uh, up the list here. I mean, she's got a 600 batting average. Um, she's three for five. So she's got six RBIs. They haven't played a whole lot yet, but uh, you will see some big numbers out of this young lady. She can really hit the ball, and she's headed off to uh, Toledo University next year. Yeah, two years ago she was on our she was on our list of players that we were were tracking, and she seems to be picking up where she uh, where she left off. Another great, just great kid. Love that kid. So yeah, I expect big things this year from her. Yeah, so that's Jenna. That's uh, you know just some of the numbers that are initially coming out, and some of the players that we're talking about. And I'm sure, you know, we're going to continue to see people come onto this watch list, and maybe kids going from the watch list to the to the top ten. And um, it's also important to note sometimes kids will go off the top ten, and we've had them go off and come back on. So it's uh, we're just heating up as long as we can get this snow off the ground. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll be ready to go. 
right? And my favorite thing is, too, because you can sit down and break down the stats, right? But both of you guys have experience actually watching these girls play, and especially with college-bound jocks, having the ability to break down their footage when we come in to discuss this in the room. So I think it's really great insight as we move forward with this race. But if anybody has any submissions for the total softball player of the year race, you can email Donnie Dreyer. So Donnie as well, because it's D-O-N-N-Y. And then Dreyer is D-R-E-H-E-R-1-6 at gmail.com. Donnie Dreyer 16 at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure. And, of course, for all of your recruiting needs, you can check out uh, Brian Chittister over here at College Bound Jocks. Brian, what's your email? We're gonna, you can go to getstarted at collegeboundjocks.com. All righty. That one's, that one's easier to spell. So, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you for your time today. Excited for next week. Thank Always you. great to be with you, Jenna. Same here. Take care.